Welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Dave Smith. It's Friday, August 12th, and we're the podcast that updates whenever there's news, all day, every weekday. Here's the latest. The search warrant for Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago is now public after the former president declined to object to its release. The warrant and the inventory of what was taken from the club on Monday include multiple notations of secret and top-secret documents, although their contents, of course, aren't detailed. Some files were marked with a label that means they must only be viewed in a secured government facility, which, in case you were wondering, Mar-a-Lago is not. Also interesting, one of the laws listed in the warrant that Trump might have violated is the Espionage Act. In a statement, Trump said he declassified all the documents before leaving office, but experts say that might not be a defense against some possible charges. Emmy Award-winning actor Anne H. has been declared legally dead, her representative tells People magazine. H. was 53. She'd been in a coma since a car crash last Friday. Police say drugs were a factor when H. crashed her Mini Cooper into a Los Angeles house at high speed. In her memoir, H. wrote about an abusive childhood and her struggle with mental illness and addiction. Her three-year relationship with Ellen DeGeneres in the late 90s was groundbreaking at the time. A representative for the actor says she's being kept on life support until they determine if her organs are viable for donation, which is something H. had always wanted. Police say author Salman Rushdie was stabbed in the neck today and is currently hospitalized. New York Governor Kathy Hochul says Rushdie is alive, but she gave no further details. Rushdie was attacked this morning at the Chautauqua Institution in Western New York after a man rushed on stage as the author was being introduced. A suspect is in custody. Rushdie's book, The Satanic Verses, made him a target of an official Iranian death threat, or fatwa, in 1989 over what Iran's leader considered blasphemy. The fatwa has never been withdrawn. The man who attempted to break into an FBI office in Cincinnati Thursday morning and then engaged in an hours-long standoff with police was killed by police after he reportedly raised his weapon. Law enforcement sources have identified the suspect as 42-year-old Ricky Schiffer, who was apparently at the Capitol during the January 6th insurrection. A Truth Social account under his name appeared to be posting about the standoff as it was happening. It also had earlier posts urging people to, quote, kill the FBI on site after the Mar-a-Lago search. Your Gmail inbox might be getting a little bit more crowded. The Federal Election Commission has given the green light to a new Google program that'll send political campaign emails straight to your inbox, bypassing spam filters. That's after a study from North Carolina State found Gmail was more likely to send GOP fundraising messages to spam compared to emails from Democrats. Google disputed that finding, denying political bias in its algorithm, but with this new FCC approval, GOP candidates can now apply to this program and make sure their emails end up in your inbox. Did you know you can share any of our segments on social media? It's true. Look in the description section on your podcast app and you'll see a little share link next to each story. And Rebecca has a preview of a story people are already sharing. Yes. Coming up, we talk about what's driving one red hot trend, boudoir photography. 
Starting next year, Johnson & Johnson will no longer sell its talc-based baby powder around the world. The cornstarch-based version is the only kind you've been able to get in the United States since 2020. That's after tens of thousands of lawsuits, mostly from women, that claimed asbestos in the talc caused ovarian cancer and mesothelioma. J&J has long denied any health risks connected to its talc and said switching to cornstarch was part of, quote, evolving global trends. McDonald's is back in parts of Ukraine. It paused operations soon after the Russia invasion began back in February. And while the war isn't over, obviously, the chain says life is stable enough in Kyiv and other Western parts of the country to reopen some of its more than 100 stores. It's also kind of a snub to Russia. McDonald's left Russia entirely as a result of the war. Facebook is testing automatic end-to-end encryption on its Messenger app in hopes of rolling it out next year. Right now, you can have your individual chats encrypted, but you'd have to adjust the settings, which is a step that, let's be honest, many of us wouldn't know to take. But Facebook is under fire to make it the default after it handed over the chat history between a Nebraska teen and her mom to the cops. And now they're both facing charges for allegedly going through with an illegal abortion. Legendary basketball player and coach Bill Russell's number six is being retired, a first for the NBA. It's a fitting honor. Russell was one of the best to ever play the game, winning 11 NBA championships for the Boston Celtics, including two as a coach. He was the first black coach in any major U.S. pro sports league to win a championship, and he was also a champion of civil rights, marching with Martin Luther King Jr. and using his platform to challenge the status quo. Russell died almost two weeks ago at the age of 88. A cave explorer 500 feet underground in Missouri last Saturday came across something surprising. A dog. Abby, a 14-year-old poodle mix, had gone missing in early June and her family had given up hope. But Jerry Keen and fellow caver Rick Haley managed to get the pup out. Once above ground, Abby's grateful family fed her broth and ice cream for the men who saved her life. And they say Abby is on the mend and they couldn't be happier. Let's talk about a business that's seeing a big post-pandemic boom, boudoir photography. Liz Posner, who writes about feminism and social justice, is here to tell us about this growing trend. Hey, Liz. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So what is boudoir photography? So boudoir photography has been around for a long time. It's essentially a private shoot between the subjects and the photographer. Boudoir photography can range um, depending on, on the subject, but typically it'll look like the subject either in lingerie or nude or semi-nude in a maybe fun, sexy pose, just having fun with the camera and, you know, expressing joy and happiness with their body. And you write that it's not just, you know, young, thin women booking the, these shoots. It, it really ranges through a lot of people. For sure. Some of the most interesting groups that the photographers I interviewed for the piece told me they're working with were women in their 40s and 50s and even older who are now seizing this moment and taking the opportunity to do something fun and sexy and feel good. But also they're increasingly seeing men, which is a new trend. Yeah, I found that super interesting that men were also now 
coming into this trend? It is. Actually, one of the male subjects that one of the photographers told me about, actually, he just came out of the military and was feeling really empowered about his body and feeling good about how he looked. And he was on Tinder looking for dates <laughs> and <laughs> came across a woman's boudoir photography that she had posted. So he reached out, got a referral to the photographer I interviewed and did a shoot and now is actually using those photos on his own Tinder. Wow. So you also write that it isn't just the end product, you know, the pictures themselves that are empowering, but also the process of taking those pictures. So for a lot of women, just booking a boudoir shoot is an act of self-care. They step away from their apartments. They book maybe a few hours of getting their hair and makeup done. And then the actual photo shoot is a relaxing process. The photographer will often put on some empowering or relaxing or fun music and sort of guide the client through certain poses. There's also something that resonates with me, and I assume resonates with a lot of women, that you're booking a photography session and you're saying, this is the body that I have now, and this is what I'm celebrating and embracing. Because I think we've been conditioned to be like, well, lose 10 pounds and then you know reward yourself with a session. And it seems like people are saying, no, we're doing it now. Absolutely. That's been a big trend the photographers I've spoken with have seen since the beginning of the pandemic. They're seeing not just clients coming to take a, a photo shoot after a landmark weight loss goal, but more and more we're seeing women wanting to have these semi-nude or nude photo shoots done just because, because they're proud of the way they look. They want to be okay with the fact that maybe they put on a little bit of weight during the pandemic or had a, you know, a surgery that has changed the way their body looks. They um, want to do it as a way of showing to the world that they are proud of the body they have and they don't feel pressure to change. And not only are we accepting, but we're, <laughs> we love bodies that are, are different. All bodies are beautiful. You write that boudoir photography can also be political, though, too. How so? Well, the spike in boudoir photography is coming from a range of factors. Obviously, we're seeing a lot of women now who are sort of shedding off their sweatpants after a year or two in lockdown, wanting to feel good about their bodies, maybe even being influenced by this you know, fantastic new wave of body positivity. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're seeing you know our Queen Lizzo at the, at the top of that movement, driving us all to feel good about the way we look. Other driving factors have been the Me Too movement, the Women's March, and even as our government is seeking to take women's autonomy over our own bodies away from us, mm. posing for a boudoir photo shoot can be a real act of empowerment. Liz, thank you so much for chatting. Great talking to you. Liz Posner is a writer and editor who covers justice issues. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. The Refresh from Insider is produced by Frank Alito, Grace Eliza Goodwin, and us, Dave Smith. And Rebecca Ibarra. Carrie Donahue is our executive producer. Andy Bowers is head of audio at Insider. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Bye.